0: Hi, folks. This is Scott Haskin, host of the Haskin Cast podcast, Uriah Heap, the Magician's podcast, and soon to be a guest host on a third podcast that I was asked to join uh, after it had already started. Um, I don't know where in the timeline we are on that when this will come out, so I don't know if that's been announced or not. If it has, it'll be in the show notes. If it hasn't been announced... It won't but keep checking back because sooner or later it'll be there you can also go to my website www.scotthaskin.com and you can see all the uh, things i have going on uh right now the uriah Heap podcast is kind of on hold i've covered all the songs that they've recorded and released in the studio included all the bonus tracks the album that they did is spice before they were uriah Heap, as well as live in 73 uh most of which i most of which i covered with dave and um yeah so that's kind of on hold waiting for the new album to come out i'm hoping it'll be sometime after the first of the year as soon as it does as soon as i get my copy of course i'll jump on and start doing the reviews as well and get those out to you guys uh where it'll go from there i have no idea uh maybe some interviews uh who knows uh my book trilogy will start coming out this year the universal court book one should be out i'm hoping mid-november uh again i don't know exactly what the release date of this episode is going to be because i keep getting interview requests and i'm kind of, like, peppering them in, and I don't want to do all four of these in a row because if you're not, uh, if, if the audience, not everyone is a fan of Cobra Kai, maybe you don't have Netflix, maybe you're not into that kind of story. Um, I don't want you to not enjoy the show for an entire month because I'm doing like back to back to back episodes on a topic that you're not interested in. So, I'm sure I'll pepper in a couple of album reviews here. So, I'm not exactly sure what day this is going to come out as I'm taping this intro. So, check back. But in the meantime, uh, the book should be out, I'm hoping for mid November for the first one, and then then um then I'll figure out whether I'm doing them every month or two months after that until all three are out very excited after almost 13 years since I finished the original draft of what was a I think 14 page screenplay to uh turn this into a complete book trilogy and finally get it out after all this time it's been a chore this one uh, and I'm also working on a new album that should be due out sometime in January. Um, I'm just working on the recording right now. I've got a few keyboard tracks and some bass tracks left. And uh, we'll have all those done in November. I'll spend December uh, mixing and mastering that. And then it will come out in January. So keep an eye out for that. And again, you guys can always go to the website www.scotthaskin.com and check out what I have going on. In the meantime, let's get back to the second part of my conversation with John Matola from the Deep Purple Pod. Podcast. And let me just say, if you guys aren't um, really into Deep Purple, check out the podcast anyway, because they're so much fun to listen to. They just have a great back and forth. They cover a lot of albums besides just Deep Purple, and they have a lot of fun episodes as well. I've been a guest uh, uh, several times on the show, but, you know, they cover uh, all the White Snake, Rainbow, Glenn Hughes, uh, the whole family and, and branches of the relation. So check them out. Deep Purple Podcast. Cheers. thing about crease's backstory though that i find interesting since you bring up the musical point is i remember i can't remember what the reference was but it was on the deep purple podcast you guys were talking about um how it's it gets really annoying every time that there's like a 60s movie that they have to play a 60s rock song and of course they are playing i think it was sunshine of your love going back into the you know the vietnam scenes with with young crease and i thought
1: about you guys i'm like yep well yeah it's like hey look it's the 60s (laughs) exactly exactly
0: but so here's here's my question for you on the way that that the the season ending for for the the whole season was they uh they take down silver they're out there and they're there and johnny says um i hope that silver gets to share a cell with crease and then the detectives like, oh, you guys didn't hear what happened. But what was it that he told them? Was it that Crease was killed or that Creese
1: escaped prison? Well, my first, my first thought was is that he was going to tell them that Creese had died in prison. Mm-hmm. Um, when you when you look at the scene, you can look at it two different ways. Is that he's like, Oh, you didn't hear what happened? And then they cut to what had happened which that would have been in the past or he said oh you didn't hear what happened and then they cut to what actually happened yeah you know you know what i mean so it's it's like so i guess if you if you really looked at the scene you're like okay like the the scene was it was it a flashback or was it a like a um uh, a flash forward Exactly
0: I to think, what happened.
1: I think he's going to tell. He told them that Kreese died. That that's it's, what I thought because I think yeah. that that would that would set up the next season to be um, a little bit more intriguing. Because if they if they're under the impression that he's dead, then he could just be under cover of under cover of darkness as opposed to oh, didn't you hear? He like he escaped, and then mm-hmm. the whole thing of like oh, he could be out there anywhere. It's like it, it's kind of unnerving, but it doesn't really. I don't feel it lends itself to um, a kind of a, a more interesting story. I think they need another
0: moment where they think they can be comfortable and then find out they can't. Like, okay, everything's good. Let's go out and party. Oh, this turned into a shit show. Like, I think they need another <sighs> moment like right. that. Because going into season six, here's the problem. They don't have an antagonist anymore. Silver's in jail, right? He's going to be tied up in courts for a while. Uh, they think Creese is dead, or at least he's in jail. Something along those lines. Um there's no more cobra Kai because everybody walked out. So except for that female sensei that he hired, mm-hmm. who who did and, and she didn't seem like she was going to stick around because her whole thing was to get to that that big tournament.
1: Yeah, so to
0: sake to I think, or right. I can't remember what it was. Sakai Takai, I think. Sakai Takai, yep. But her students quit, or at least some of her students quit. We don't actually know if everybody in Cobra Kai walked out or not. So they they may or may not still be a thing. But basically, we have no antagonist at this point. So they're going to start season six going, hey, everything's good now. We're all fine. Everybody's getting along. Robbie's with uh, you know, Miyagi-Do. Tori will come over, and you know
1: everything will be fine. Where's the conflict? There's got to yeah. be something. Maybe or maybe not. I mean, they could be inst- – I mean, I feel like if they're – if this is going to be the last season, which I believe it will be. um, I hate everything about that phrase. (laughs) So do I, but I have to be realistic. (laughs) All right. But say it's going to be the last season. Um, Then you have, like you said, everybody's getting along. All the bad guys are taken out. I think that I don't know what's going to go on with crease because you, you keep thinking that he's going to turn it around or maybe he's going to kind of do like a like a kind of a 180 like Johnny did and mm-hmm. eventually join forces with them and be like you know what i was i was wrong but you know that him and terry's bond goes back to when they knew each other when they were younger so i mean would yeah. it, even though he sent him to jail would it really be that easy for him to turn his back on him mm-hmm. um the other thing is we know that terry is terry silver has infinite amount of resources i like when when they were taking him away in the cop car the first thing i thought was is he's he's going to be out in like 5 minutes <laughs> like he'll probably yeah. like he'll probably he probably has politicians like he'll pull strings he'll he'll probably make the bail because i mean what did they really get him on because he didn't he didn't really he didn't actually kill anybody true
0: um, uh, they they could and and they could say attempted murder but depending on what the laws are in california if they have the make my day laws it, he even said you broke into my house so now
1: i can do whatever right but i mean they, he was on his property both times yeah and i they mean also, cobra kai hon- he owned it and he owned his house so it's not right. like he broke into somebody else's property he was on his property and everybody else was trespassing and they also did a brilliant job setting
0: up exactly what you just said because when uh daniel and johnny went to go visit crease in jail he said crease has the guy in his pocket so he's already got politicians judges he's you're right you're absolutely right but i think he'll be tied up in litigation but he'll be out doing stuff and his only thing that he's got left is to get revenge on the people that just hurt him
1: right right i think that i think that's what's going to happen is mm-hmm. that we might have an episode or two with him being tied up and then eventually um uh, being free because really what's what's his crime i mean he could uh, what's he going to like pay a, pay a fine for having a, a teenage karate tournament rig. <laughs> right. I, I mean, you can't go to jail for that. I mean, uh, assault and battery maybe. Yeah. Um. Uh, even if it was on his, his own property or like you said, attempted murder, but it's like, I, I can't with, with all the resources and the money that he has, I can't imagine that he's going to be tied up long enough for him to not be a, like a major force or threat in the next season. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the two
0: things that they do potentially have that would be legitimate charges would be uh, what he did to, um, uh, what's that guy's name? Uh, Not Scorpion. Um,
1: Chosen? Stingray. (laughs) Oh, Scorpion.
0: Oh, right, right, Stingray. Well, because Stingray said, everything I said, I was under duress, here's the truth. So now he's telling that detective that, so that's, that's, I think, why they arrested him. Obstructing justice, yeah. But they've also got the arson. So they've got him, him, att- you know, attempted murder on if on if Stingray, they can prove that if, if they, they can, can prove, prove the that. arson. So those would, I think, be the two um, the two major things that, that they could potentially have as like legitimate charges. But uh, but, but the guy, the detective said with this list of charges. So I'm like, what's on that list? I guess we'll find out. Yeah, because I could only I could only think of those two things. I'm like, I don't know what else he actually did that would be breaking the law. I mean, he, he there was a
1: lot of dick moves. But what did he actually do that was illegal? Well, the other thing that I'm thinking of, too. Uh, well, who knows? I mean, maybe he was uh, maybe he was he, uh, evading taxes and all that other stuff. Who who knows? Uh, it yeah. could have been that. But the other thing I thought of is Creese was breaking out of jail they're taking silver away. That basically cleared Crease. He probably, if he sat around for another day or two, he probably could have gotten out right. for being falsely accused. And so now I'm just like, well, okay, so now he's out. Uh, he's going to face that charge of breaking out, even though he was found innocent. So how does that work when you break out of jail, like uh, this shy of being cleared of committing a crime? <laughs>
0: Well, yeah, I mean, and think about like people that got arrested for marijuana possession right before it became legal. Right. <laughs> you know, like like what happened to those? Are they still in jail? Did they get like, well, you know, if it's been within 30 days, we're going to let you go. Like, I, I don't know how that works. But th- this is almost the like Twilight Zone brilliance with which this show is written because it's like you were so close and you didn't know it you thought you got screwed over with every possible chance you had. So now you're going to take things into your own hands. But if you just would have waited like five seconds, it would have all been fine. Like that is the irony that I just love
1: in the writing of this show. It's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are some things that I, there are some things that I don't like, Mm -hmm. um, which I mean, they're minor points. I mean, when you watch uh, any kind of movie TV show, you have to have a suspension of disbelief. Right. Um, Obviously, so Miguel goes to Mexico to find his dad. First city he goes to, somebody's like, "Hey, nice to see you, Hector," and he's like, "Hector?" and it's like, <laughs> "Really?" You go to Mexico and the first guy you see, his name is Hector. You're, you're that's your dad. <laughs> well, like, and, what are the freaking odds? Well, and you know that Mexico is only
0: that beach, right? It's not a very big place. Like everybody that you could possibly want to find is like right within five minutes, like. <laughs> It's like, I was like, th- this. There is a lot of of plot conveniences. I think in this show, yeah,
1: that bothered me.
0: Yeah, I, that I, I just bothered with me. It. And then, and then he just happens to end up behind a dumpster where his actual father is, and the guy just happens
1: to call him by name.
0: Yeah, and, and he's, he's like, like,
1: Hector, Dad. Yeah. Okay. M- Miguel, how many Miguel's are down there in Mexico? I mean, come on, right? Or when when Johnny was driving with um with um, um Robbie. Robbie, thank you. I, I forgot his name. And a he's like, people. look, I got us these badass t-shirts, and they were like FBI female body inspector, and I'm like, they're going to wear those, and people are going to think they're the FBI somewhere. Just what I mean, to me, I could see that one from a mile away. It wasn't yeah. a plot convenience or something. It was just kind of one of those things where, like, I know what they're setting this up for. Although it was, it was fun. It was it fun was. to
0: watch it. It was. Or, but but in it, it realistically, if you were... And I've never been to Mexico. I've never worked with Mm -hmm. the FBI, so I don't know. I'm, (laughs) I'm kind of speculating here. But if somebody walked in with an FBI t-shirt, would you actually think they were with the FBI? Like, I don't think they go walking around with t-shirts advertising that they're with the FBI. That's true. I didn't
1: think of that. They're just like, it's the FBI. Get them. And yeah, yeah. And, you, and you, you've got a 50-year-old man and like a 17-year-old boy with FBI t-shirts on. And you're like, oh, that, that's got to be the FBI. And there's all these people standing behind them seeing that it says female body inspector on the
0: back. So- I don't know. I, I, th- there are things like that where I'm like, yeah, I think
1: that's a little bit of a stretch. But well, I think it was it was the whole Mexico sequence that was a little bit of a stretch, because even after he found out what kind of man his father was and he goes crying out of the bar and then he turns around and there's Johnny in the middle of the street. It's like, again, of all the streets in Mexico, there's Johnny just waiting for him. Yeah. like it's, Miguel? <laughs> like, Good thing it's not that big of a place, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. It's tiny, like Rhode Island. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's, it's basically the size of Rhode Island, maybe half. <laughs> uh, and I've gotten lost here, too. So, I mean. <laughs> right. Well, there you go. Uh,
0: yeah, th- that, that whole episode, I thought, was kind of a throwaway. But I honestly think it was setting up something bigger. I think the one of the ending points of the whole thing is going to be Johnny going after his dad. You think? Yeah, because they kind of set hmm. that up when Miguel asked him about it. He's hmm. like, I, I, I don't know that I want to know the answer. I, I think it was when they were um, having burgers across the street from the hospital.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and, and Miguel had asked him about that. And he was really hesitant. But then they had that flashback to where he had that box of his dad's stuff. You know, the Action Jackson doll and the beer can and all that. And right, right. I, I think they're setting that up to so somewhere before the the whole series wraps up. He's going to have to go after his dad. He's going to have to clear up that that part of his life.
1: Well, with the with uh, with him and Carmen having a baby on the way and that family unit, him, them and Miguel and Robbie all being together as a a nuclear family, as it would be, there's there's got to be something there that's going to there's got to be like that question, like you said, is he going to try and find out his own roots or is something going to threaten that like a new villain is because everything can't just be smooth sailing all the way to the, to the baby being born right? and, uh, and, and them preparing for it. Uh, there's, has got to be some kind of, um, uh, like antagonist in there or something happening. Mm-hmm. Um, other, otherwise it, it's just, it's just going to be boring.
0: <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah. I I'm waiting for the storyline where it's not his kid because remember she was dating that australian guy right before johnny and hmm. he, had, he had said uh when johnny saw him at the restaurant he said yeah she's good for a couple of hookups and then i'll dump her so i but think, did they think hook they but are, did they hook up yet well we don't know that's it, the thing we, we don't know
1: i feel that it might that it would be i mean that could be a way that it could go if that would kind of test them um but i feel like it is johnny's baby and be. the one, the one way that I did think they were going to go, which it did throw me for a loop was the whole pregnancy test thing. And he was all nervous. And then he, the whole montage of him getting the apartment ready and being ready for it. And then she came in and she's like, so I took the test. And I'm like, after all that, she's going to be like, we're not having a baby because that's 50% of the time. That's the way the whole sitcom or movie trope goes. Right. Right? Yeah. And I was totally ready for it to be like that. And it'd be like, well you know what it's um at least it shows that you were ready to man up and all that kind of stuff and instead she's like we're having a baby and i was like oh shit that really threw me for a loop like i i thought it was totally gonna go the other way
0: mm-hmm. so good good job
1: faking me out
0: <laughs> and, and another along those lines another fake out and i had predicted this for season five i had said that somehow because uh Chris doesn't have any resources he's going to have to team up with Daniel and Johnny. And -hmm. the next thing you know, there's Daniel and Johnny going to the prison to see him. And I thought, oh my God, I was right. No, like they set that up so well to make it look like they were going to work with him. And then Mm -hmm. Daniel handed him that fuck you piece of paper. I think that was a mistake. (laughs) I think it should have said no mercy on it. I know it would have been a little bit more ironic, but I love the way they set that up. I mean, they, they did such a great job with that, but I was close, but they they again you know you think everything's going one way and then zap it twists a different
1: way well i really i always thought that daniel was a man of his word or a man of his honor so i thought that i, I was kind of surprised that was another 50-50 where i was like is that is the like when he took the paper i was uh, th- there's no way they're doing this dramatic build up that he's going to turn it over and there's going to be a phone number on it it's going to be something like ha ha fooled you um but that just kind of cemented for me that in this season, anyways, I feel like Daniel was his most insufferable because. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was to the point where his wife had to run away from him. She's just like, enough. And he's like, But don't you see? We have to beat him. And it's and I and I I remember sitting there, I'm sitting there going, like, why? Why do you have to beat him? Like, just give it up, dude. <laughs> right. It's like you gotta calm down. Like, beat beat him at what
0: at this point? You know, I'm just right. like he basically became Johnny in this season, right? And even Johnny was like, You're being me. Yeah. You know, what what's the matter with you? You're not like this. And but Chelsea was that, like,
1: This isn't you, you know. And I, and I liked that turnaround scene where he went to Johnny's apartment after, um, after his wife, um, took, took the trip with the kids or left Mm -hmm. to go visit her sister and everything. And he's just like, man, he goes, I just, I don't know what to do. And Johnny gave him advice. And he's, he's just like, thanks for giving me, uh, thanks for the, for the banquet and the perspective. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And, and to me, that sounded like a real Daniel type of thing. He's like, he's like, you're coming here out
0: of the blue. You smell like alcohol. And I'm like, that was normally you. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you know, pot so, I, so I, I love I when like they that. do those those like reversals things too. I, I think they do such a great job with them. Yeah. Um, one thing that kind of bothered me though, I love the way that they did the the last tournament, right, where Silver had paid off the the uh, uh, what do you, the official. Yeah. Um, I thought they did a great job of pulling that off because you really did not know. The only clue that they gave you was when Silver said to to Tory, uh, "Trust me, this guy is not going to end the match on a technicality." But that wouldn't really make you go, "Oh, he paid him off." Right? You know, um, that may just say, "Oh, I'm familiar with this referee. I know he doesn't do that." So I thought that was a great twist when, but but again, the way that they did it, so Tory just happens to walk by the while they're having the discussion at the exact moment the door just happens to be cracked open that neither one of them exit through. That's just like a magical third door to to this one small office. And it just happens to be cracked open so that she can hear it. So that was another one of those, you know, plot convenience things. But what I didn't like was that when Silver left the room, he turned away to the right. And then the referee like ducked his head down and turned away to the left so that neither one of them looked out the door to see Tori standing there. Right. And that seemed really awkward. Like, that seemed really forced staging to me.
1: Well, because literally nobody nobody leaves a conversation like that with a door cracked open without looking over at the cracked open door. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. You got to make sure no one's coming. You're going to close the doors when you walk yeah. into a room like that. So that felt a
0: little bit forced. Um, but where it got worse for me was the, the fight in front of the Tagai-Sagai or Sagai-Tagai um where he paid off the referee and the referee kept looking over at him and nodding and silver was nodding back at him i'm like could you guys be more obvious that you know first of all he's making horrible calls even the 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 people that are there to judge them are like what's going on here you know and but they didn't step in and do anything about it which kind of bothered me either they they weren't like hey this is not a a fairly judged match. So we can't judge you guys on it. So that kind of bothered me, but it was just so obvious. Like how many times are they going to look at each other and nod? And uh, you know, like how are the judges not seeing that? Yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, mean, they set it up for Tori to see it. And that was her like, okay, now I see he's doing it again. I can't be a part of this. And that's why she left. I get that. Mm -hmm. But I think she could have done that with one quick glance over you know, making it obvious because he right. was making the same calls the other guy did.
1: Right. But they had to hit you over the head with it. So,
0: yeah, it felt a little over the top for me. Yeah. You know, but but I, I love the idea behind him doing it. And, and I just don't like the way he got away with it because it seems like, you know, these people are like the elite they absolutely know the rules and should have seen, um, no, you, that was a bad call. She was not right. over the line when she was hit her. You no, know, Sam definitely hit her. That should be her point. Mm-hmm. But they were just like, yeah, he can do whatever he wants and we'll judge it on this idiot. <laughs> you know, <laughs> let's talk, to- let's talk about Hawk. Okay. My God, what a storyline this kid has had and what a great actor.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I, I definitely think so. I mean, um, they, uh, they they kind of brought him almost full circle. They really could have had this kid not develop, but he started off as the really the the shy uh uh kid with the deformity, and then he became super confident and cocky. But then by this season, he's he's kind of he's kind of in between. He's he's gone back to being himself, but still being badass at the same time. It's like he's found that balance that they talk about a lot on yeah. the show.
0: He's he's found that I can be tough, but I can actually be like a good person at the same time now. And right, I think right. he, he needed that that head shaving for or the haircut to, to realize
1: that he's not the most powerful thing in the world. Right, right. Like, I, I think that, um, I, I think it was that moment in the, I think it was the fight scene in, was it the LaRusso's house? Was it the last season or the one before where he finally looks over at, um, Oh, how come I'm forgetting Dimitri? all the names
0: now? Dimitri, yeah, oh, the, the, the no, that was the episode with Ali, yeah, when they when they went to the Larusso
1: house, right, right, and uh, there was this choice where he's just like, is he going to is he going to defend like his old his old friend, um, who he had recently broken his arm or he had hurt him, um, or is he gonna is he gonna stay? down the path he's going and he decided that he was going to team up with dimitri and that's when you realize that he was he was he was going back to his his roots like he could still be the uh the the nerd that like the nerdy kind of kid who who loved uh all the uh, the dungeons and dragons or whatever those guys were into mm-hmm. but still be hawk the hawk character that he created for himself like he could still be a like a like a badass and a, a tough guy and stand up for himself but still be who he was at the core and i love that they they had
0: him have those moments of am i doing the right thing previous to that like when they were in the the uh the laser tag arena you know mm-hmm. when they had that fight there when he broke dimitri's arm right before he did it he you could tell he was having some conflict yeah. And there were a couple moments where he had that and i like i like that he's struggling with the fact that he knows he's a bully and he shouldn't be doing this but also he's badass and he's really having a, an internal conflict i really like that arc
1: the other thing that i like too since we're talking about him is Dimitri who is the the big nerd of the of the group mm-hmm. how they really didn't i like how they didn't fast track him to being really awkward and the nerdy kid who didn't know karate and they really took their time getting him to that point where he could finally fight because now he knows karate mm-hmm. and he could be in the tournament he can defend himself but they didn't make him a total badass like he still went over to to uh to johnny's as like the the, the cell phone geek yeah and, you know and everything like that mm-hmm. um so they they really like I like the fact that it's like in one scene he was the nerd and then all of a sudden like you you cut to the next episode and he's a karate badass all of a sudden yeah like, they made it his transition really realistic is that he's still like the, the him that he always was but there was that point where I think he got his first uh, successful kick I don't know if it was when they were in the the uh, the the meat freezer or the I, uh, the freezer I think it was the ice the cream the school, cream fight, free- the school fight when he when he put
0: Hawk through the uh- was it Oh no. That, well, that was, yeah, that was the first successful one. I think you're right. That was what when they I were in think... the ice
1: cream freezer. Yeah. Yeah. You're yeah. Right. And mm-hmm. he got his first successful kick, but then he like, I think he fell down again and <laughs> it's like, all right, all right. You're, you're still, you're getting there. But mm-hmm. it, it really, I, I I like how some of the scenes were realistic with those characters is they didn't just turn them into like, Oh, all of a sudden they know karate when for the whole previous, like th- three seasons or whatever, you didn't know karate. <laughs>
0: and I kind of feel like they they did rush that a little bit with Miguel in the beginning because he he really wasn't studying with Johnny that long and then all of a sudden he goes to this fight to defend Sam in the cafeteria and he's like taken on four guys and you know he's a total badass and I'm like I don't know that you would have those instincts to know that somebody was coming up behind you where how did Johnny train you to you know to to get that because it was only the two of them he couldn't have like sneak attacks and stuff in a room where there's only two people So I I kind of felt that that was one of those moments, like in most martial arts or or any kind of sports movies, really, where they all of a sudden can do things that like, yeah, I don't really know that you've
1: been working at this long enough to be able to have that skill. I mean, maybe they had to fast track that for the first season because Mm -hmm. the whole they didn't have the whole ensemble cast as big as it grew to this point anyways.
0: And he's got to win
1: the tournament by the end of the episode, and there's exactly. only ten episodes, so yeah, yeah. So they gotta they gotta do that, but they also, um, I think they took their time with some of the other characters too, like how um, Anthony was bullying bullying that other kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember his name either. Why am um, I so bad with the names today? Oh, uh, I, I can't. I'll, I'll think of it.
0: I know I have his name written down somewhere.
1: But he was like Robbie's protege. Yeah. Um, I'm, waiting, I'm waiting for you to find his name. Kenny. Kenny, Kenny. That's it. Yep. So when when he was Kenny's bully and then Kenny turned around and now he's bullying Anthony. It's the same thing is, is that Anthony's grown up in this household where his dad, his sister, they studied karate. And he's just like, eh, I'm, I'm going to play video games and eat ice cream until he apparently hit puberty and leaned out a little bit because I almost (laughs) didn't recognize him in the the new season, but I thought it was a different actor at first. Yeah. yeah. But they, they also didn't fast track him to learning karate. I mean, you Mm -hmm. see him as part of the ensemble doing all the moves and everything later on at the dojo. But when Kenny turned around, he's just like, and he won't, he's relentless. He won't forgive him. And it, it just really bothered me because I'm just like, this kid is has definitely he admitted his mistakes. Um, he he's trying to be a better person. He thought that they were good, and then they they he, he punch, they punch him and they push him into the water tube and everything like that. And this this poor kid still doesn't know how to defend himself. He's still paying for the the sins of his past. Well, and, so, and he tried to he tried to
0: apologize twice. Yeah, you know, right right before the big chase into the library, mm-hmm. um, he he was saying, "Hey, you know what? I've been thinking about things. I've been a dick." Uh, you know, I'm sorry. And and Kenny could have just said right there, but he was so angry, so built up with rage that there was nothing Anthony could have done by that point to have appeased him, you know.
1: And it's almost like he was a he was a culmination of Daniel and, and Johnny from the first movie because he was the new kid that moved in. Mm. He, was, yeah. he was kind of quiet. He was getting pushed around. And then. By by the current season, he's he's such a powerful bully with this kind of tunnel vision that nothing can change his mind. And then by that last episode where Robbie went over to him and he's like, Kenny, he's like, not now. And he just kind of walked away. So, you know, that there's got to be something else Like he's he's got to rethink everything because Cobra Kai, silver, like everything that he was he was taught that made him what he is, he found Mm -hmm. out was a lie. And so yeah. now I think he's got to process that and I'm hoping that he's going to come back and be um, uh, Robbie's friend again, be on like, be on the side of the right. And eventually I-, I see that happening and him forgiving, finally forgiving Anthony, maybe begrudgingly, but I mean, we've seen more unlikely friendships form. <laughs> in oh, this absolutely. Show, so,
0: yeah.
1: Um, um, I-, I think that that's going to happen. And I agree with you. And I think
0: too that had had um, he had he not been in Cobra Kai, when Anthony first approached him and said, "I've been thinking about everything," like right before the library chase, I think he would have accepted it. I think it was because of what Cobra Kai had programmed him with. He's like, "No, I got to get even with you. I I don't need your apologies. I'm going to fuck you up."
1: Yeah, I mean, he he took that um, no mercy, dead serious. Absolutely. <laughs>